Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, September 10th. In today's news, the CEO of CBS is forced out after six more women accuse him of sexual harassment. The Republican nominee for Florida governor has spoken four times at a racially charged conference. And John Bolton plays hardball against the Palestinians. But first, the big idea. Mike Pence denied Sunday that he was part of discussions to remove President Trump from office or that he had anonymously written the explosive op-ed attacking the president, saying on Fox News and CBS that he is 100% certain that none of his staff authored the anonymous piece. Pence not only said he would take a lie detector test to prove that he hadn't written the op-ed that caused a firestorm last week, he said he would do so, quote, in a heartbeat. Pence also disputed the veracity of an episode in Bob Woodward's new book depicting a White House in chaos, even when he was confronted with a document backing up the veteran journalist's reporting. The narrative that I've picked up in, in not only this book, but the opinion editorial is suggests that uh, that that things are happening in spite of the president's leadership and nothing could be further from the truth. And in an unusual move, the vice president requested an opportunity to go back on camera with Face the Nation host Margaret Brennan so that he could sharpen his response to a question about whether anyone on his staff had written that op-ed. Mr. Vice President, I I asked you earlier if anyone on your staff wrote this op-ed. Have you asked your staff? Oh, well, I, I thought you were speaking about the administration staff. Let me be very clear. I'm 100% confident that no one on the vice president's staff was involved in this an anonymous editorial. I, I, I know my people, Margaret. They get up every day and are dedicated, just as much as I am, to advancing the president's agenda and supporting everything that President Trump is doing for the people of this country. And so, you asked them. Well, I, you know, you know, honestly, I don't have to ask them. Pence's remarks in the back-to-back interviews highlight his eagerness to serve as Trump's most loyal defender, a role that has defined his time as number two, and one that has earned him praise from the president's supporters, but scorned from critics who contend that his defense and promotion of Trump is often over the top. On Sunday, Pence again lauded Trump personally, describing him on CBS as, quote, the most accomplished president in my lifetime and already one of the most successful presidents in American history. Woodward, whose book Fear officially comes out tomorrow, told CBS in a separate sit-down that he would not have published that anonymous op-ed because it was too vague and didn't describe specific incidents. The veteran Washington Post journalist said he's got multiple sources for every single claim in his book. He also said he interviewed one person nine separate times, and the transcripts of those conversations round out to more than 700 pages. Overall, he spoke with about 100 people. Meanwhile, Trump continues to deal with various other legal headaches. Both Trump and his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, said in court documents filed over the weekend that they do not plan to enforce the non-disclosure agreement that was signed by Stormy Daniels during the 2016 election so that she'd keep quiet about her alleged affair with the president. Lawyers for Trump stated Saturday that he does not and will not contest Daniels' assertion that the settlement agreement is invalid. The lawyers promised that Trump will not bring any action or claim against Daniels to keep her quiet. Now, Trump's doing this because he doesn't want to get deposed as part of the lawsuit. Daniels' attorney, Michael Avenatti, continued his push 
to get the president to testify under oath, as well as Cohen. Stormy Daniels is also suing Trump for defamation. In another defamation case against Trump, the president agreed on Saturday to provide written answers under oath in a lawsuit brought by Summer Zervos, a former Apprentice contestant who claims that Trump sexually assaulted her back in 2007. The president is committed to answer questions in writing in an affidavit by September 28th. And on the Bob Mueller side of things, former Trump advisor George Papadopoulos, who was sentenced to 14 days in prison on Friday as part of his plea deal for cooperating with the special counsel, said on ABC's This Week Sunday that the Trump campaign was fully aware of his efforts to broker a meeting with Vladimir Putin in 2016. Candidate Trump at the time nodded at me. Uh, I don't think he was committed either way. He was open to the idea. And he deferred, of course, to then uh, senior uh, Senator uh, Jeff Sessions, who uh, I remember being quite enthusiastic. Papadopoulos's remarks directly contradict sworn congressional testimony by the attorney general. Sessions has claimed that he pushed back on the idea of such a meeting. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. CBS News announced that its chief executive will step aside after more sexual misconduct allegations against him spanning decades were published in the New Yorker magazine. Les Moonves seemed bulletproof just six weeks ago. But after Ronan Farrow outlined sexual misconduct allegations by six women in July, the board of directors hired outside lawyers to conduct an investigation. The announcement of his departure came just three hours after the same reporter published another article which included six additional women accusing Moonves of harassment, assault, or retaliation. Moonves is one of the best compensated executives in media. He made about 70 million bucks last year, and he's still expected to collect millions as part of a settlement with the board, though the company said it will withhold any decision on a final severance package until after that independent investigation is complete. A statement from CBS says Moonves and the network will also, quote, donate $20 million to one or more organizations that support the Me Too movement and equality for women in the workplace. The board, in a statement, said that that donation will be deducted from what would have been in Moonves's severance package. Number two, in recent years, Florida gubernatorial candidate Ron DeSantis, a Republican, has spoken at four racially charged conferences organized by right-wing activist David Horowitz. Horowitz has said things like African-Americans, quote, owe their freedom to white people, and that America's, quote, only serious race war is against whites. The annual conference is called Restoration Weekend, and it's where hundreds of people gather to hear right-wing provocateurs like Steve Bannon and that Google engineer who was fired after arguing that fewer women are in tech jobs and leadership roles because of supposed biological shortcomings. DeSantis appeared at this conference not once, but in 2013, 2015, 2016, and 2017. At the 2015 confab, DeSantis said, quote, I just want to say what an honor it's been to be here to speak. He also said that he's a, quote, big admirer of an organization that shoots straight, tells the American people the truth, and is standing up for the right thing. Number three. The United States intends to threaten those who cooperate with a potential international criminal court investigation of U.S. wartime actions in Afghanistan with both sanctions and travel restrictions. The Trump administration is also expected to announce that it is shutting down a Palestinian diplomatic office in Washington because the Palestinians have sought to use the international court to prosecute Israel. 
White House National Security Advisor John Bolton is a longtime opponent of the international court on the grounds that it violates national sovereignty. He's expected to outline these potential sanctions and travel restrictions in a fiery speech later today. He will also announce a new pressure campaign to challenge the court's legitimacy as it considers cases that could put Americans and other close allies in jeopardy for the first time. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, September 10th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.